Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. My name is Leisha, the executive producer of APN, and I am right here to not only tell you the last two songs that we played just now to kick off our show, but also to introduce you to all the incredible topics that we have tonight. So firstly, we played the song titled When I Move, which is the latest comeback track to come out of Kara. And this song is actually part of their 15th anniversary album titled Move Again. And now while we are celebrating the return of a classic second generation girl group in 2022 of all years, like I I can't believe this is actually happening. We are also celebrating a new debut from another Korean girl group. This time, it's the girl group 5050 with their new song titled Tell Me. And this song in particular comes from their EP titled The 50. Now, thank you so much for joining not just myself tonight, but of course our APN team of Leah, Tracy, Ethan, Aaron, JP, Alishba, and one of our new team members, Jesse. And we are having a full-on jam-packed show tonight where we're going to be giving a little bit of a concert review of two concerts, Conan Gray and Keshi, as well as doing a bit of a casual conversation in terms of what some of our favorite songs were in the past year. Very casual because you guys definitely need to stay tuned to our show next week, where we're going to be doing a full like APN awards show type of situation. So definitely stay tuned to next week, but also please continue to stay tuned to this week's episode as we're also going to be talking about Luna, more so talking about the history of Luna. If you don't know who Luna is, you're definitely going to know too much information about them. So stay tuned for that. And most importantly, oh my gosh, we're going to be doing a B-Day shout out to one of our APN team members, Ethan. Welcome to the Sagittarius Club indeed. And I think mentioning Ethan's birthday is a very nice segue into our next song that we're going to be playing tonight before we kick off our show. As right now, we're going to be playing the song titled Birthday, which is the latest comeback track to come out of the one and only Red Velvet. You can tell I'm very biased. They're my favorite girl group. And also Ethan's favorite girl group. So this matches up very well. So definitely stay tuned right here on Asian Pop Nation. Hello there, dear listeners. You are listening to Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. We just played three songs which all happen to come from Korean girl groups. Firstly, we played the latest comeback track to come out of the Red Velvet, The Love of My Lives with their new comeback track titled The Birthday. And then moving along from that, we played a B-side track to come out of the Korean girl group Itzy with their song titled Snowy. And this comes from their new EP titled Cheshire. And then moving along from that, we then played actually a Japanese release to come out of a Korean girl group. This time it's Stacy with their song titled Poppy. Now that song in particular is so damn catchy. I can't stop listening to it. If my Spotify rap didn't already come out, I feel like that song is going to be somewhere in like my top five. It's just so insanely catchy. And these next two artists that we're going to be going more in depth right now on our show definitely feels like they also earned themselves a spot in my Spotify rap because I've been listening to their songs nonstop ever since me and Lee as well went to their concerts. So right now you're going to be hearing myself and Lee once again talking about the Conan Gray and Keshi concert that happened last month. 
So last week, or at the time of airing two weeks ago, me and Leisha went to two concerts. First one we went to was Conan Gray's concert, and the second one we went to was Keshi's concert. They, uh, essentially, we kind of went to both of these concerts, and they were almost back to back. It was very jam packed to the point that yeah, we wanted to talk about it here on APN. Firstly, the Conan Gray concert it happened first. It was back on the 19th of November at Magakor Arena, oh, and Keshi's was on the 22nd of November. At the Palace Foreshore, which is in Saint Kilda, it's like a new venue, completely outdoor. Yeah, we want to talk about both of them, and I guess we got to start with the first one, Conan Gray. Lee, you ready? <laughs> um. Yes. Well, the opening act was an Australian-based female artist called Charlie Collins. If she had like a live band, she did. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was she like jazzy sort of R and B or just like pop rock? Yeah. Like in pop that rock? realm. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have expected that for Curtin Gray. And surprisingly enough, I actually think her the songs that she performed and stuff like that was a very nice lead into at least like Conan's like first song. Um. Yeah. She really like I think the songs that she picked up hyped up the crowd a lot. A few people were crying behind us. Um. <laughs> Because of our, before Conan showed up, they were sobbing. But yeah, I think she killed it. Charlie Collins just really mm, good. Um, Lee, do you want to talk about the general vibes of the concert overall? I think the average age there was like 14, 15 year olds. And then just me and Leisha above 20 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know. And then those people like next to us that I think was like a mom and a daughter. The screams... Oh my god, my ears were ringing after that. Not from the concert, from these girls behind us screaming and crying. My ears, gone. Yeah, I imagine that goes beyond like the recommended decibel level. Oh my god, yeah. You know, the health thing. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely his demographic is like, okay, technically we're all in the Gen Z label, but, right. ty- but typically when you hear the label Gen Z, you're thinking more like, yeah, like teenagers and stuff. But one thing I did say I really like is that they're all actually very enthusiastic about like just Conan Gray and the opening act as well. Mm. Like everyone sang along to like every single song. When I look back at like the recordings that I took of like Conan Gray's concert, you could just hear like the audience, they're singing like every single lyric. And that's very cute. That's really nice to see. That is true. Me and Lee, spoiler alert, we didn't listen to too much Conan Gray prior to going to this concert. Um, so us going into this concert, I guess it was more of us like our discovery moment. Mm, and true. Conan Gray himself as a performer, I don't know about you, Lee, but yeah, he's great. He <laughs> slayed. He yeah. performed really well. Definitely after the concert. Yeah, I saved like probably most of the songs from the set list. I saved it into like my playlist afterwards. Oh, I only saved one, but yep. Okay. <laughs> Do you think it was better than the Keshi concert? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I think Keshi was a bit better for me, but many factors to consider, like <laughs> me being short. And oh like the Conan Gray one, they had like, because it's at Magakor oh, yeah. Arena, so they have the pit and then they have the seats and then we were yeah. at the seat. But Keshi is like, everyone is at the pit. That's just like the arrangement for it. And they did it at the Palace for Shore, which is a fully mm. outdoor venue as well. Um, Not the best day to pick to do it at an outdoor venue because it was freezing. But yeah. And I it, was yeah. sweating, dude. What? Oh. 
I was so sweaty. I had to take my puffer off the whole time. I kept my jacket on the entire time. <laughs> I was literally so cold. Even Keshi himself said he was freezing. Oh my god. <laughs> I, 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 we, we can't quote word for word what he said because, like, not radio friendly. You did mention before that the Keshi crowd was kind of dead. Do you think that was because it was cold and standing in the outside? Oh, okay. So for the opening act, it was Ray Brown. Um, I listened to probably two of his songs. Um, so I was like, whoa, he's performing. I do know him. I didn't know any of his songs, but also neither did any of the crowd. Everyone was like talking and like, I don't know, just not vibing. I felt, I don't know. Yeah, no, they, they were like, like, I saw some people as well. They were like, just completely facing their back, like towards like Ray Brown. Yeah. They were just completely like out of it. And then, yeah. So, I mean, Ray Brown, uh, the songs that I did hear from the concert, they're really good. I just think they don't, I guess they don't mesh well with what Keshi like starts the performance with. It's very like mellow. My friend that I was going with. Uh, that wasn't Lee <laughs> called oh. it called it like very nice like study music mm. but Keshi was starting the concert with songs like get get it and somebody which are very like hype hype songs mm. so it was not getting the people like amped up for Keshi it was just very like mellow felt very bad for him in the yeah. crowd there yeah and he was trying he, he was really like doing his best but yeah um it was a rough one for him. And so it was a very like awkward beginning. And I think that didn't get the crowd like, I guess, super amped. Yeah. But then when Keshi came out right at the beginning, at least for me, I felt like right at the beginning, it was like, oh, so, so hype. But then as we were like getting towards the end of the concert, I felt like more people were just interested in getting like video clips of like their one favorite Keshi song than actually mm-hmm. like vibing to the Keshi stuff. And Keshi as a performer is actually incredible. There's a reason why I probably would top this concert more than Conan Grave one is because like Keshi, I was surprised as a performer, he ha- has really good like stage charisma, which I don't think is super present when you're usually listening to his songs and stuff like that because he's sad boy, sad boy stuff. But like actually him on the stage, he has a very good stage presence. Um, but I felt like a lot of the crowd were more interested in getting there like, yes, Mukeshi performed um my one song that I like that we recorded and whatever and then people like so no I don't know but but, but Lee what, what, what did you think um I had no choice but to vibe because I couldn't even take videos because I was everyone around me just decided to be really tall um <laughs> just around me though like the whole Asian crowd was short someone in front of us was like I want to be honest the only reason that we can see the stage is because this whole crowd is Asian and then we all laughed, but I cried inside. <laughs> Lisha, did you listen to Keshi before the concert or like much? Oh, wow. Life? You're really coming at me with this question. Knowing <laughs> she know, Lee knows very well. Oh my God. She knows very well that prior to the concert, I only knew like two Keshi songs back. And they're very near and dear to my heart. Okay. I was very happy that he performed one of them at this concert very surprised because it was actually not on his set list like prior because he was doing a tour in like the u.s and that was Which not song? it was always oh um yeah so lee called me out yeah i only knew like two songs <laughs> max from keshi prior but after that you best believe i saved nearly every single mm. song from that set list as well again I, his stage charisma is just 
whoa like i wasn't expecting that at all and his vocals are insane they sound so 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 good that concert actually fully made me a fan yeah. like the, the conan gray one it like the conan gray one i just felt more happy i was like wow this guy mm-hmm. i used to watch on youtube is essentially having this, his like choice of bond moment of like fully transitioning into a musician like that is so incredible to see and like that but i think both of these concerts are both sold out so it was yeah. just like whoa like these artists are like big big oh my god like it's insane i definitely like Keshi's concert a bit more than conan gray's but that's probably just my bias because i listen to more Keshi than conan gray but yeah yay and overall i enjoyed uh both of them very yeah. very nicely both concerts made me actually become uh actual fan of both artists when prior I only knew two songs, Max. Yeah. Slay. So Listen oh, to West Side by oh my God. <laughs> Listen to Family Line by Conan Gray. But yes. Um, if you also went to the Conan Gray concert or Keshi concert or just want to discuss about these topics, let us know at Asian Pop Nation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Slay. You're listening to Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. My name is Leisha and we just played three incredible tracks all coming from female Asian artists. So thank you, Tracy, for that. But firstly, we played the song titled Forgive Me, which is the latest comeback track to come out of BOA. And this is actually from her third mini album, also titled Forgive Me. And secondly, from that, we then played the song titled Fortuna, which comes from the Chinese artist Lexi Li. And this song is freaking insane because she literally sings it in Spanish, English, and Mandarin all in one song like I wish that was me but moving on from that we then played another song to come from a Asian female artist this time we have the Taiwanese Australian artist Julia Wu with her new song titled I Can't and this song in particular comes from her new album titled IDFK it has also been picked this week as our APN album of the week and that has been picked by a member that I mentioned just now Tracy now speaking about music I mean that's what I've been doing for the past minute or so we're actually going to be going more in depth about music particularly some of our favorite songs that have come out in the year. And we are going to be jumping straight to JP, Aaron, and Tracy talking about some of their favorite songs. So let's cut to the team right now. So for some of our listeners who might not be aware, this is actually our second last episode of the year. (gasps) I know, we've been pulling APN for an entire year now. And it's like, we're already in the second last one. What the heck? I don't even know. Mm. I guess typically what tends to occur as we're approaching the end of the year, this episode does come out on December. It's just having a recap about the year. And specifically, we wanted to just have a little bit of a chit-chat session about what some of our favorite songs from this year are. Now, this one is just going to be a little bit of a hodgepodge of numerous songs. So I guess listener, take some notes. But also, we will definitely have a more like profesh award show-esque type of um, song picking in our final episode of APN. So definitely stay tuned for our final show. But for now, this is just a very nice, simple chit-chat session. And yeah, we're just going to be talking about some of our favorite songs this year. And who wants to kick us off? Oh my god. You know, um, Glimpse of Us? Huh? Glimpse of Us. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Dude, 
Oh my god, I didn't I didn't expect that song to like just hit and for something so mellow too. Like it's such a simple song. Like it's just a sad dude singing and then, you know, mellow pianos in the background. But then all of a sudden, boom, everyone's like, "Oh man, I miss my ex. Oh, I should call her." Like everyone, everyone was listening. <laughs> glimpse of us by joji that song was big that song it was. was massive i was like wow everyone yeah. mutually like going through it in 2022 yeah like everyone else did you like notice that as well in glimpse of us like came out was just like you know yeah because it was playing on the actual radio and it also uh-huh. landed on number one on the aria charts which is the australian charts which no one else cares about but I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page for Glimpse of Us, and it was also number one in like Indonesia, in Lithuania, Whoa. Malaysia, the Philippines, New Zealand, Singapore. Oh, um, and I tell you, like Asia loves him, and obviously the Filipinos love him. Oh, of course, they're also Asians. Types. <laughs> Live uh, on air, Tracy doesn't believe Filipinos are Asian. Oh, no, I was going to say that like John Paul has the connection to the motherland, and that's why he likes it so much. Yeah, it's um, it, it's a pretty sentimental song, and like if you're Filipino, you know, like Filipinos, they're they tend to be quite sentimental. Uh, so like, damn, I don't know, that's my song. That's my song for the year. It was very big. Did you have any others that were like runner-ups esque? Like that one is your main song of the year, but did you have any others that were like close? The only one I'll mention is just Kickback, uh, the Chainsaw Man opening. Ah, right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Music video, hoo-hoo, big arms guy. Yeah, Aaron, you know. Yeah, I still haven't seen the show yet, but I know the uh, opening. Yeah, yeah, no, the opening, the opening's good. How about you, Aaron? What um, any standout songs that you've come across this year? Well. I could probably get some of the main things out of the way. Well, starters, I might as well get the opening for Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2 out of the way. The Rumbling by Sim. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of heavy metal, but I quite like the song. Yeah, no, that, that this, goes hard. Yeah, I think it's probably the only one I like. I might also have to give it to... You know the debut singer's artist called Sina Rin? No, I don't. Uh, she's recently... She released a few albums already, especially one recently this year called... Danny I can't say that word right. So there's one song I like called Akashi, and that's probably the one I like so far from her. Uh-huh. Stand up for me. But for me, stand up for my moment. Again, I'm gonna be biased. It's Attack on Time, I don't care. It's no. final season part two. But the ending theme song called Akuma no Ko, which is basically a song by artists I never heard of called Ai Hijugachi. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like this song a lot. Damn. Yeah. I must I must confess I haven't heard of um these artists too much, but I'm definitely gonna check them out. Yeah, that's all for me really. How about everyone else? Tracy, how are oh, you? Um, yeah, so I have been putting together the nominations for our APN awards, which are coming up next week, where we spotlight some of the best music from this year that we think is really cool. Um and I've realized that like it is so hard to categorize music because you might have an album where most of it is like K-pop, but you have two tracks which are just pop at the end and then like random guitar music throughout. Does that go into alternative? Does that go into pop? Does that go into hip-hop? Or does that go into R&B? Like, who knows? Um, but I've also realized there are some really cool bits of work this year that I've seen that don't really fit into any of the categories that we're planning to put together for this little award ceremony. Um, and I guess I want to spotlight two very, very long music videos. The first of these is a song by a band called 
Get so no Kiwami Otome. I don't know how to pronounce the name because I never learned Japanese. No, but they have a right. song called Best Track, which is 37 minutes and it is like a Frankenstein mashup of like all of their hit songs, basically, apparently. But I didn't realize that this song was 37 minutes when I clicked on it the first time. And I was just like, damn, this is a nice music video. And then I was like, oh, like it just keeps on going into new choruses that are all really good. Why? And then I realized it was 37 minutes long. They have a lot of good songs, this band. And it's set with this really nice visual accompaniment. Um, a lot of it's filmed in this, it looks like a temple or something. There's like stained glass and decorative paneling everywhere. And it just looks very cool. And I respect them for making a music video for a 37 minute long song. Actually, no, it's 36 minutes long, but the video is even longer because, you know, why not? Um, the second really super long video, which is actually looking at it not that long, it's only 12 minutes. It's a video by a collective called Beautiful Noise, which is composed of a bunch of South Korean artists, Zeo Park, Seon Jung, Won Steen, Kim Sung Min, Chanju, and Mami Sun. And they had this video called Sleep Exhibition. And Sleep Exhibition, I think, is more short film than like music video. It's basically set in this sort of future dystopian Black Mirror-esque sort of world where sleep is outlawed. The first scene, I think, is like a, a tour guide taking visitors through what they call like a museum of sleep. They're like, this is the act of yawning. People used to do this. And then halfway through, the protagonist gets sent to like a secret sleep club where people like illicitly sleep behind the government's back. I know. I just really like this sort of institutionalized dystopia. So those are my two shout-outs, the Beautiful Noises short film, I guess, Sleep Exhibition, and Gesu no Kiwami Otome's track called Maru, or Best Track. What a collection of songs that we just played just now here on Asian Pop Nation, right here on Sin. We actually were playing three songs that were picked by some of our Asian Pop Nation team members as some of their favorite songs that have come out in the year of 2022. I still cannot believe that we're in December. This is a bit surreal for me. But firstly, we picked a song that was mentioned by JP, which is called Kickback by Kenshi Yonetsu. It happens to be the opening song for the anime Chainsaw Man, so very fitting of course. And then secondly, we played the song which was mentioned by Aaron, and this song is called Akuma no Kon, which comes from the Japanese female artist Ai Higuchi, and this happens to be part of the Attack on Titan Season 4 Part 2 OST. And then moving along from that, we then played the song titled The World's Continuation, which comes from the Japanese female artist Aido, and this song happens to be from the One Piece film Red OST, and this was mentioned by one of our new APNT members, Jesse. And if you're just tuning into our show right now, we are jumping back into our very casual conversation when it comes to some of our favorite songs that have come out this year. And once again, we're definitely going to be doing much more of an in-depth, like, what is the best of the best songs that have come out from this year in our episode next week. So definitely stay tuned for that. But right now, this is just a very chill, casual conversation. Maybe take some notes. You might find some new faves. And let's get back to our team right now. So basically, all my songs that I listen to are basically based off of whatever I'm watching at that time. So recently, I watched the new One Piece film, the film Red one, right? Oh, yeah, film Red. Yeah. Mm. The One Piece is real. It is real. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's real. Anyway, continue. Yeah, and so I've been having like all their songs in my playlist and stuff. 
The one I would like to highlight is a song called "The World's Continuation," which just hits different, especially if you watch the movie. It's more of an like an emotional song, but I'm like all for that kind of vibe. As for another song, this is a really, really old song that just brought back so much nostalgia. I found a video on TikTok talking about it, and then I was like, "I'm gonna find it." It's called "Sad Song" Sad <laughs> by We the Kings. Yeah, it's. I think it's from like 2010 or 2013. It's really old, <laughs> but yeah, that one. Oh, one last one, real quick. So I'm going to a Stray Kids concert in like February. My friend dragged me into it. I honestly didn't know much of their songs. I just knew like two of the Australian members. So she was like, "Yo, there's a concert on. You should come." And I was like, "Yo, I need to binge all their songs and actually know songs." I recently have been really into "Maniac" by the Stray Kids, which is, I think, one of their title tracks. That one's really good. Yeah, I haven't gone into many of the other songs, but yeah, that's it for me. <laughs> You're very lucky that you're. I think I guarantee that concert is booked out. Oh yeah, it was. Like um, I think um, it was originally only on like a Saturday, I think, and that was completely booked out. And then they added a Friday one, and I think the Friday one still has tickets. But yeah, I'm going to the Friday one. <laughs> yeah, Street Kids are one of those groups that probably has one of the biggest fan bases right now, particularly of, like the new generation of groups. They might be like. One of, if not the most popular, up there with like ATs and I guess TXT. Um, so yeah, yeah, they have a lot of songs and they have two Australians and that concert is going to be a lot like the Conan Bryan concert for screaming. Oh, uh, I'm I'm poorly prepared to get my ears, drums just blown out. <laughs> going to Strakers concert too, but I think I'm going on the Saturday one. Oh, mm, yeah, I thought bad. we could have put it together. <sighs> Yeah. How about you, Lishba? Do you have any good songs that you want to recommend or that you just thought were neat? Um, recently I listened to BB Vengeance and I actually liked it. Like listening to it so much that I had to like stop myself. <laughs> and another song I want to say, Zoom by Jesse. I mean, I don't really listen to it that much, but between me and my friends, it has become like a joke. So we would randomly be sitting in the class, and one of us would just go zoom in, and then we all would just start singing the song zoom in, zoom out. So it's really funny. What one more song that I really listen to whenever I study is "Charmer" by Stray Kids. Something about it just makes me want to listen every single time. Like I'm home alone or I'm studying, it's just really like a fun song. So these are my picks. Who hasn't gone yet? Hey, Ethan. I don't know what songs to recommend. I've been thinking about my own segment. <laughs> um, let's see. Red Velvet has a new album. Let's see what songs they have. Bye bye. Bye bye is amazing. It's so good. I think it samples for Lisa's melody, and it's it's just such a good song. It's so cool. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say. I must agree with Ethan. That song, it's dethroned Babaleo for me in terms of my favorite like B side from them from twenty twenty two. Oh my gosh. They've done a really good track list this year. They've got such great songs. I mean, it's for Velvet. They kill it every time. (laughs) But oh my gosh. I I searched it up just now and like the bass is like, damn, dude, my body shakes. It's good, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Also, Lee hasn't gone through yet. (laughs) I just wanted to say. No, I was gonna (laughs) just not say. We want to hear what you, you, what songs you want. Lee, remember, last recording. Your last recording. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Uh, but yeah, um, Lee, what are some of your uh, fave songs from this year that you want to share with the class? Um, so for 
my birthday segment, I mentioned a song called You by Osun. That's still my favorite song. It's still amazing and goaded, and I still don't know much about that man. But yeah, it's. Just use that word in real life, goaded. <laughs> yeah, I do. Wait, is that not a word? <laughs> it's not a word. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh my god. Greatest of all time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like we could have translate. We gotta provide like a little dictionary. Gen yeah. Z dictionary. <laughs> that song is goated. That song is great. the best one of all time. It's great. really great. It's amazing. His vocals are quite slow. <laughs> also, it's about love, so ha. Huh? And then another one is probably, I only found this song two weeks ago, but it's Greed by Jiwoo. I think it's also about love or heartbreak. I don't know. What is it with everyone this year is being sad? Um, post-COVID. What do you mean this year? Everyone is always sad. Have uh, you ever cool. listened to like the Taiwanese music chart? Maybe because I have to go through a lot of like playlists. They're all like 50% ballads. Oh. I, I cut that down to like 10% ballads for the show. I feel like sad. This is just our default state. Name one time you were happy in the past year. I can't do that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Did you not just have pecking though with your family? I was writing notes on the Adams family and Luna like <laughs> while they were ordering the menu just in the back. Like, oh <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah, greed is I think it's like a jazzy piano, just with his vocals over the top. That's the only song I like from him, though. I, the other songs that aren't good? I don't... Oh, they're not, not good. I just I just like this song so far. We actually played one of his songs, like, a few months back. Oh, Evergrey? Really? Yeah, Alicia's oh, cousin recommended it. I and did. And I was like, yeah! That. It's very low-key. I guess that summarizes the year pretty well. Just sad and low-key. Yeah, I um, should call her. <laughs> <laughs> we started with Glimpse of Us and we ended with Jewelry. Like, it's very. Wait, did Lisha. Oh, that's no. right. Oh my God. Yeah, guys. We got our own EP. Wow, we're so oh, terrible at this. Lee, no, why Lisha. would you say that? I was, I was like, oh, yes. hell yeah. Yeah, let's wrap it up. <laughs> uh, um, I unfortunately have a lot of picks, but um, Four Town, yeah. Oh my God. Four Town is Grammy nominated, and what about your songs, everyone? Huh? Yeah, that's right. Four Town killed it this year, <laughs> and they are my artists of the year. No, unironically, I actually think their songs are really good. Um, the actual Turning Red soundtrack is also really good. I really like it. Unironically, I've been listening to it, but in terms of, I guess, quote unquote, actual songs. I really like Seventeen's Sector 17 album in general. I did not listen to too much like male group songs, but theirs was like the standout from that. So I really liked their stuff. I liked Aping Chobom, which is like a subunit of Aping. I really like their song Copycat. If my Spotify rap comes up soon, I feel like that's going to be like my top three song I've just replayed endlessly tied with uh the seraphim anti-fragile i know that song only came out like this month but i can't stop <laughs> i legit can't stop that song is so good and then of course midnight fusics one of my favorite bands back in malaysia their song summer love featuring little asian thinky yeah that song's great i can't wait to blast it so many times when i'm like back home and the weather is much warmer 
Yeah, yeah, I have a lot more songs, but let's um, wrap it but, up. Yeah, yeah. thank I'm you so much, everyone, for sharing some of your favorite songs from this year. Once again, stay tuned to our next show, aka our final show. That one will be the big, like, APN awards with all the songs and stuff like that. So get hyped, listeners. And if you have some songs that you want to share with us that are some of your favorites from this year, be sure to share them through our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hello, hello, everybody. You are tuned into Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin, where we were just playing four song requests, which were left by our listeners. Thank you so much, by the way. Firstly, we played two songs, which were requested by Andrew. Firstly, the song titled Please Tell Her For Me, which comes from the Korean male artist Subang Cha, before playing the song titled Balloons, which comes from another Korean male artist. This time, they're called Five Fingers. And then moving on from that, we then played two song requests, which come from our listener Matthew. Firstly, the song titled Indulgence, which comes from the Japanese artist Yonohata de Hitogata wa Tarawaru. And then moving along with the song title Aida, which comes from the Japanese artist No Tall. Now, you may have heard me throughout the course of the show just be a little bit emo that we're reaching at the end of the month. It's the month of December. APN is over as we know it. But besides that, me just being very emo, the month of December actually means some quite exciting stuff as right now we are going to be doing a B-Day shoutout to one of our APN team members, Ethan. So without further ado, let's just cut to the B-Day man himself right now. So if you're a longtime listener, you'd know that many of us love squids and that many of us also love games. Now you see, life is in itself a, a big game of its own. But the interesting thing about this game is that uh, every year we tend to have uh, these little checkpoints. So, you know, uh, I don't know how it works. We tend to level up every year. Um, but around this time, we got uh, one of our members who is due for a level up. Ethan, happy birthday! Yes. Hey, clap, clap. Everyone, clap. Yay! Yay! Happy birthday. Yay! How, how Yay. old are you now, Ethan? <laughs> Thanks, everyone. I am turning 21. 21? This week. Yes. Oh, my God. That's, yeah, now that I'm 21, I wonder you know, if everyone feels like this when they turn 20, if they slowly realize how much. <laughs> Life passes by. <laughs> I, don't I don't like birthdays. Okay, they make me feel really stressed and depressed. Really? Because yeah, because like you know, life is moving on. You're like a year closer to death. Anyway, probably not appropriate for radio, is it? <laughs> no, this is perfect. <laughs> Which brings me to my first song. That's right. Yeah, Ethan, you're yeah. supposed to introduce a bunch of <laughs> songs you like. Yeah. So could <laughs> courtesy of our wonderful EP, um, Lee Shaw. Um, all of us have our own birthday segments where we get to pick three songs that we want to play on radio. Um, you know, songs that we like or songs that we think um, define our lives or something like that. Um, so I've spent a bit of time thinking about some of my favorite songs, how the year has been, you know, things I've been reflecting on. And I have narrowed it down into three songs. Um, the first song is a song by <laughs> VTuber Mori Calliope, um, oh, just to kind of... <laughs> Do you know the song, Aaron? End of the Life is one of her... I, I think it's actually her best song. The lyrics talks about themes that I've never heard explored in, like, in music before. So basically the song is about following your dreams, but in the perspective of, like, the sacrifices you make along the way and, like, the regrets that you have and, like, kind of looking back on your life and seeing, like, where... 
like the choices you've made and the consequences that have come from those actions. So in the song, she paints like this really like bittersweet picture of like how she and her friends used to like like write songs for fun, and then like it was like naive, um, you know, youths following their dreams. Um, but then like to grow like kind of resentment and loneliness because you know her friends grow up and they move on, and then to compile on that with like kind of like guilt um, when you actually finally make it, and then see that like you know. Like oh why did I make it when everyone else um, walk away? There's a line that she has in there that I think was really good. Where it was like, um, I think the line was, "You watch your heroes fade into the rear view mirror of the villain you portrayed," and it's a really cool like yeah. the whole the whole the whole verse is really good. But it, it's just a really good like exploration of what it takes to be like successful or to be an artist. Like I know we talk about everything everywhere like all the time, and we talk about like alternate versions of ourselves and the choices, like different things that could have gone differently in our lives. But it's like if you like ever like reflect back on like the choices you've made or the regrets that you have and kind of like really leading into like how that has shaped who you are now, whether that is the life that you want, but also like needing to believe in yourself that this is the path that you have chosen. You kind of have to commit to that. This is, I think this is the song why I really like her. I think that was a really good, like this is her most intimate exploration in terms of like how she views her career and stuff like that. Anyway, um, very sad, very depressing. Let's go to the next one. Uh, the next song is, <laughs> sorry, can, we, can the editor cut that out for like half, cut half of that out? No, 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 that's a good um, song. Um, yeah, anyway, the next one is uh, Goose House. The song is Hikaru Nara, which you might actually know if you watch anime because it's uh, the opening for Your Line April. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Your Line April is a very good anime. Um, it's very it's very wholesome and positive for a show that is very depressing, very sad. Like, even these characters that go through some really tough times, um, just the ability to, like, smile and keep going and follow your dreams even when everything goes against you. And it's a very colourful anime as well. And I think the song really reflects that because it's very bright it's very major key um there's a lot of lyrics about you know smiling after hard times and you know the rainbow after the after the rain and stuff like that mm. yeah I, I thought it was a really nice the anime is good as well it inspired me to pick up music again but then also like the song itself is very happy and very positive and i think it's a good it's a good pick me up song after <laughs> the previous song anyway um anyone have any questions any thoughts and opinions before i move on because i feel like i'm ranting um your line april good anime yeah i think it's, yeah i think it's good have you seen it surely you've seen it um i've i saw most of it but then near the end i kind of stopped because i was like oh man i know this is gonna end i'm gonna be too sad so i kind of <laughs> i'm a coward <laughs> they gotta finish it it's, it's very good yeah it is good. It's, it's very good yeah it's yeah you should finish it I will finish the last few episodes. <laughs> I, I definitely recommend watching the anime. It's actually a really good anime. It's very it's bright. It's very, you know, see, it's very, it's it's very wholesome. Um, what's next? Red Velvet, Cool World, uh, which was the final song on the Red album. I, I think this is one of my favorite themes or genres of like K-pop, where it's like it's like that freedom music, like the music you play when you run away from home, or, like you play in the car when you want to go on a road trip. And it's like, you know, you put your sunglasses on and you drive out into the open road. It's like that kind of song. Yeah, no, the lyrics for this, the lyrics are really nice. They're like talking about how like you learn to like love yourself and like trust yourself and, you know, you're the best in your life and you can like deal with the world because, you know, you're very optimistic now and you've got a positive attitude. And if you can do that, then you can face the world and the world is, you know, a nice place. And um, yeah, I, I just think it's really cool. Red Velvet has a few of these songs. You Better Know was my favorite song for a long time as well. But yeah, so this is my three picks. They're quite a roller coaster of emotions, but I thought they were quite um, important, sentimental. That is my three picks. <laughs> ah, nice picks, Ethan. I like them. Great picks. All right, that's enough about me. Let's go into my first song. So the first song, as I've mentioned before, is "End of a Life" by Maury Clyabi. Hey, 
You're listening to Asia Pop Nation with myself, Leisha here, plus the rest of our APN team that you will definitely get to hear much later in our show. But firstly, we gotta go to these three songs that we played it just now. And these three songs were actually picked by our team member, Ethan, in honor of his B-Day. Happy birthday, by the way. Firstly, we played this song titled End of a Life by Mori Kalaipi before moving along with this song titled Hikaru Nara, which comes from the Japanese artist Goose House. And then lastly, we then played this song titled Cool World, which comes from the Korean girl group Red Velvet. This is like the second time we've been playing Red Velvet this week, and I am not complaining. But thank you once again, Ethan, for throwing in some of your song picks for your B-Day special. And I hope you had a fantastic B-Day. But now moving along from all of these, like, we have been very intense with songs this week. We're going to be talking about some more songs, <laughs> but more specifically talking about this Korean girl group that has recently been in a bit of the limelight. They've had the spotlight on them for quite unfortunate reasons, but we wanted to talk about Luna's history. If you don't know who Luna is, they are a Korean female group, and they have a very, very interesting story of their origins and how they actually got really popular, and you definitely want to listen to this, whether you're a K-pop fan or not. So let's just cut to our team right now. Um, recently, some news has come out concerning a quite a popular girl group called Luna um, that may potentially spell the end of the group as we know it. Um, you have probably heard of Luna if you are on Twitter, because their fans are very, very skilled in what I would call like online I don't know, advertising? Um, you've, you've probably been told to stand Luna at some point in your life, um, either on Twitter or in the YouTube comments or on TikTok or something. This is a group um, that was formed by BlackBerry Creative under the creative direction of a guy called Jaden Jong. And they basically began as a sort of a... They, they come from a company which is quite... Was we say small as in unestablished? Um, they were massively loaded at the beginning, and so they pumped a lot of money into Luna's pre debut. So, right, uh, so basically, Luna began building up a fan base through um, a series of pre pre debut release releases. Um, there are 12 members of the group, and each of them basically got a solo debut, so like a solo music video, um, with a, with a really good song and a really good produced music video. And that happened for all 12 of them before they debuted as a group. And as you may imagine, um, they've built up quite a fan base because I guess like the quality of this pre-debut period is really good. And they also have what they call like the Luniverse, which is like this whole lore component. I don't know, that sort of ties in with the music video somehow. I'm not quite sure. I actually don't know that much about Luna. I think our resident Luna expert is probably Ethan. <laughs> yes. What can you say about the history of group of the group in, re in regards to like its management, maybe? Oh, in regards to its management, I think the so when i think jaden jong correct me if i'm wrong with this but like jaden jong started the idea of luna and he pitched it to bbc as this like underground r&b kind of thing um and they spent a lot of money um, producing those independent um debuts so they debuted all 12 individually first and they even did like subunits as well leading up to their um their actual release which is like the complete opposite of what every other management agency would do normally in k-pop um and these were like high budgeted music videos as well most of them were filmed overseas as well like hustles one was in iceland and like there were ones in like New Zealand and America and stuff like that. So they like they literally traveled everywhere to film these music videos and they had a lot of lore. I think the Lunaverse started because they wanted a clear way to segue from like one member to the next each month. So like for instance, like after one member's music video, 
they might like sneak in that you know the next member might be in the post credit scenes or whatever and that was kind of how they built it nowadays um the lunaverse is mostly held up by fans um there are a lot of theories you can read into it and ever but like uh, largely for i think me and a lot of my friends who follow luna we don't really follow the lunaverse we kind of just follow them for the memes um on twitter and like youtube and like the music as well <laughs> the music is really good they, they've got some good stuff so I, I know that some of you guys listen to luna's music um yeah what do you guys think about their music pretty sure do you know any luna songs i do i think mo- my main exposure with luna is predominantly the songs and also um the memes as well on the internet i think uh, I, I don't know why the orbits which are the name of luna's fan base they're very just very creative with their um meme selection that's all i'll say but in terms of the actual songs yes i i think i essentially know like all their pre-debut stuff i was really into them when they were um they had their pre-debut and then they debuted it favorite and hi hi good stuff good stuff butterfly amazing amazing i think i fell off the bandwagon a bit when um so what started coming out and then paint the town oh paint the town i think was my official like okay i'm off i'm off the train a bit uh, i'm like i i they're so beautiful love these girls hype them up um, when they were in queendom also very i was like yeah luna they're obviously all 12 of them like very talented um just yeah so what in paint the town weren't my cup of tea but yeah i know some what about you tracy what's your luna knowledge <laughs> i don't know that much about luna so i only really know the songs that people have just recommended in like random threads where like hey can you recommend a good song or song that sounds like this specific thing or i guess in my case i'm mostly interested in them because i really like this producer called huang hyun um who's part of a group called monetary and he obviously produces all of on and off's discography for them um i have talked about him before and he produced a song for them called hi hi which Uh, is beautiful (laughs) it has this wonderful oscillating like semi demi quaver i don't know sort of this trilly sort of arpeggio that goes up and down through the whole song the whole thing just sounds really shiny and effervescent it's very very nice that song i also really like choose heart attack so this is um the solo date it's basically choose pre-debut song that she got um yeah before the song before the group debuted as a whole um heart attack is just like a nice it sounds almost like old school so i don't know like second gen well, I guess maybe more, like, maybe more like third gen, that's sort of leaning into the more twee side of things. It also has a really great MV, which references, I don't know, there's this one artist, JP, you might know, um, a surrealist artist who has who did like Man with Apple. Um, Man with Apple? Yeah, Magritte, Renee Magritte. So the surrealist artist, Renee Magritte. Um, so there's a lot of Apple motifs. Um, I don't know how it ties into the wider story, but it's cool because... It's very sort of that sort of cartoony, twee um, style of K-pop MV. I guess you could call it cutesy, but not in like a cloying way. Um, I really like it. It sounds almost Christmassy to me, but it doesn't have, it's not a Christmas song. It's just very sweet and makes me very excited. I know, I run out of vocabulary today. But those are the two main songs I know. Also a song of theirs called Lunatic, Lunatic, where it's spelled like L-O-O-N-A-T. Oh my gosh. And that one is from the subunit, one of their subunits on iCircle. I freaking that entire like mini album, which is with the subunit, Cherry, Kim Lip, and Jinsoul, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, oh, yes, I got the stamp of approval by Ethan. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an orbit guy, secretly. <laughs> but yeah, like I didn't know that. So yeah, you're an orbit to me. <laughs> but that mini album, so good. Thumbs up. I freaking love it. Uh, it reminds me a lot of um sort of indie rock or sort of alternative pop artists in the West. It sounds really different to what you would normally think of as K-pop. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm not saying that's why it's good. I'm just saying that's why it like stands out to me um, in, I guess, the C of K-pop releases. Like I've never had cause to stand. I've never stands Luna, so I really only pay attention to them when I'm like, oh wow, this music, this song is really, really good. I think these days I really like Kim Lips Eclipse, which is just a very good. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's very good. <laughs> it's, it's just very good. Um, yeah, those those songs. I think recently I've been really into some of their more recent songs, like um, Dance on My Own and Not Friends. They're a bit more like acoustic guitar-y, um, which I really like because I tend to like songs that are acoustic and guitar. Um, but yeah, Luna has got a really like extensive choreo, um, extensive discography. Considering the fact that they've never actually had like a full album before, they've all just had new like albums. Um, anyway, the the reason I wanted to talk about Luna actually, um, so we talk about like stand Twitter and memes, um, because I think like Luna's and like the orbits, which are like the fandom names, they have such like incredible. Um, meme games. I I, I want to share this article. This is my favorite article ever written. And this is like the peak of journalism. I don't know if you guys remember. Do you guys know what happened with Grimes? Are you guys aware of this? So yes, yes, I already know. So, what to say. <laughs> do you know about this, Tracy? So like the fact that she married Elon Musk. Yeah. So Grimes is a music producer, right? Um, yeah. So she. Yeah, so basically she was Elon Musk's ex um, and they had a kid together and stuff. So Grimes actually collaborated with one of the subunits in Luna. So um, Luna's Why, 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 um, the song. Oh, yeah, she did that before the whole Elon Musk, Elon Musk thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was like 20, whatever, but it was like a while ago. So they collabed on a thing and Grimes was involved in that. And so when Grimes had her child, the the one with the name, the XAEXA, whatever, right? Well, they, she posted a photo of Instagram. One of Luna's fans actually commented on Grimes' post asking if Gowon, so one of the members, uh, was the child's godmother. And as a joke, I suppose Grimes actually commented back saying yes. Um, and so a lot of these news outlets actually started reporting on this uh, with headlines talking about how uh, Grimes' uh, new child had a godmother who was like this K-pop idol. And this was like a thing. So I have an article here by The Insider, mind you, um, which is honestly my favorite article of all time. It is just so good. Um, and it covers everything from Grimes to this lie that two of the members were lesbian Korean billionaires. Um, amazing. And that one of the other members has recently become the richest esports athlete in the world. Um, it's just covered everything. It, it's genuinely such a good piece of writing. <laughs> amazing. It's so good. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just like the, I, I think it's, partly reactionary because I think it's the whole like Stan Luna thing I know it's become like a meme and it's definitely gotten a bit too far in places sometimes but the whole idea of like fans supporting and like a group to this extent could only happen because of the culture that Luna has come in you know like the way they've been managed and the way they've overcome a lot of financial difficulties and that kind of things and if it wasn't for the fan base in the first place I don't think Luna would have gone anywhere near where they are now like Luna is such a specific like moment in internet history as well and the way yeah, it's it's just so fascinating to me. Um, and this article is perhaps the best like example of this because this is honestly crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Anyway, we will wrap up here. If anyone um, is a fan of Luna and wants to share their favorite songs, or if they have their favorite Luna memes, send it to us in the comments below. You can find us on Asian Pop Nation at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hello, everybody. You are tuning into Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin, where we were just playing a trio of songs just now on our show. Firstly, we played the song titled All My Friends Are Falling In Love, which comes from the Indonesian male artist Oslo Ibrahim. And this song comes from his new EP titled Cantaloupe. And moving along from that, we then played the song titled Summer Times, which comes from the Taiwanese artist L8 Ching and Jerry Lee. And then lastly, we then played the song titled Shall We Dance? And this song is another collaboration track. This time it comes from the Korean artist 
Kung Butter featuring Rotty. And this actually comes from their new EP titled Charming Boy. Now, obviously, I think if you take a second to look at the name of our show and all of the songs that we've been playing, you know, we're a very Asian-centric show here on APN. It's all about highlighting Asian rep. And obviously, we love to continue doing that throughout the course of the year and next year and the year after and forever. But this next segment that we're going to be talking about right now may feel like we're diverting a little bit as right now we're going to be talking about this really popular Netflix series which has taken over, I'm sure, everybody's minds at this rate. We're going to be talking about the series Wednesday. And I know, I know, you're you're listening in and you're like, this has nothing to do with Asian pop nation, but hear us out right now. Fun fact, we are recording this segment on a Wednesday. <laughs> Why do you mention that, Lee? Lee, I hate you. (laughs) So right now, we're actually wanting to talk about this show that has been literally like everywhere I look, it's the number one TV show that is in my eyes, my ears, like everywhere. And it's the show Wednesday. It's a Netflix series called Wednesday, which was released back in November 23rd this year. And it is just an eight episode series. It's actually based on like, if you know, the Adams family, which I know some of us know, some of us don't. So it'd be very interesting to um, hear all of our very different opinions in terms of like this whole show's concept and whatever. But um, anyone who actually knows the show, and I know Ethan and Lee, you both actually watched the show, care to explain what this series Wednesday actually is about? Um, But this new series is actually centered around their eldest daughter, Wednesday, um, played by Jenna Ortega, and is directed by Tim Burton. Um, so after she gets expelled like six times, I think, from American high schools, she's sent to a special boarding school for outcasts called Nevermore. Um, and then there's like murder mysteries. Like on the first day, there's an attempted murder on her life. Oh, wow. Um, and then she's like, whoa, man, that was out of pocket. So she goes and investigates. And then it's just this whole like massive murder mystery. Is it actually good? Like, I'm very curious. I hear it everywhere. Yeah, I just finished it last night. Oh, I like it. Mm -hmm. I think I like like mystery, murder mystery stuff. Um, and yeah, I just really like her acting as well. Um, like Jenna Ortega's acting, Mm -hmm. and and um, Emma Myers. Oh wait, yeah, Emma Myers acting as well. It's quite a refreshing. Refreshing. I don't know. <laughs> Does it make you want to check out like the original Adams Family material or not? Like, I'm very curious about that. Um, I don't know. Probably not. Okay. Uh, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I seem so. The original <laughs> movie. The wow. movie is considered a classic, though. It is. Yeah. And that's, I did. Hear that's that. only in, like less than two hours. You know. That's like. Just watch Adams Family Values. That one's good. Yes, that is yeah. cinema. <laughs> cinema. Yeah. I literally wrote it in there, but I love Adam Family Values so much. It is, yeah. I guess, the quote-unquote rare circumstance where the sequel is better than the, the first one. Yeah. It's so good. Wednesday Adams is one of my favorite characters like of all time. Um, and I think she gets a lot of play in Adams Family Values, doesn't she? She has mm-hmm. a lot of great one-liners in that. Yeah, I think it's yeah. really good to see her get like the spotlight in this Netflix series. Mm-hmm. I think because it's become like a young adult murder mystery Netflix romance thing, it's kind of cheesy, kind of like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, like some of the dialogue is really cringy, kind of trashy. Okay, there's like a love triangle between two like really vanilla male leads that I really hate. Um, but otherwise, like I think the the writing for Wednesday Adams is really good, and I think that um kind of carries the entire 
the entire film, uh, the entire series. So yeah, watch it. It's very good. I, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. No. How um, how does the show Wednesday? Why does the show have the privilege of being featured on such a great okay, show as Alien? Okay, so, <laughs> okay, so I, I've seen this show as well. I think it's really good. It's it's quite fun. But the reason I've brought this up into the show is there there is a reason, guys. So I was in episode one or two. There is a scene where uh, Wednesday Adams's roommate um, Enid Sinclair, I think that's her name is. Um, there's a scene where she gets like frustrated by something, and um, so to like kind of cool off, she listens to music, and so she puts on earphones and she blasts music. And she just dances in a room. Now I'm like ninety percent sure that was a K-pop song, and I think Lee also agrees with me, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I did some research and I looked into like, oh, what, what song is this? What, what, you know, why did they put the front of K-pop song in Wednesday, the Netflix series? Um, and it turns out the actress that plays Enid um, is this girl called Emma Myers. And she's been making headlines um, because um, Teen Vogue wrote an article about her being a massive K-pop and anime fan. Hence the relationship to Asian pop nation. So in the article, she talks about how she's a big Seventeen fan and she's been a fan for over five years. And I think she has like you know stickers of her favorite members and stuff like that. Fans are also quick to notice that she follows a lot of idols on Instagram. So I think she follows like the Twice members and Sejong and so on and so forth. Those. Um, she also talks about like how anti fragile has been stuck in her head the whole day, um, which I thought was really interesting because that's like this is not just like another like random actor celebrity being like oh yeah I love K-pop you know BTS love them like this is someone who's like knows what's up and has been like in the trenches with us guys she's one of us anyway um <laughs> she, she talks about her experiences being uh, in this article she also talks about her experiences being on set and like um talking with the other castmates so um she remembers a lot of memories where other cast members would come up to her and actually ask her about like say 17 um and that she would actually watch Squid Game and anime and that kind of stuff with one of the other co- co-stars, the guy who plays Xavier in the show. Um, so, you know, she's kind of like the resident Hallyu anime fan of the show. I thought that was really interesting because the show is, a, um, it's a it's a show about outcasts, basically. It's a show about a school of people who are like, you know, they've got sp- supernatural powers and stuff like that and how they get discriminated against by um, the outsiders and stuff like that. So I wanted to ask everyone, <laughs> have you ever felt like an outcast for the stuff you like when you were younger? <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever been discriminated against because you like K-pop and anime? Yes. <laughs> Big <Nice>. time. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Except it was mostly done by me to myself. <laughs> anime is cringe. <laughs> That sounds about right. Yeah, the yeah. same case for you, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I only got into K-pop like in 2018. Uh huh. And by that time, I was in uni, and I think when you're in uni, people don't really care. I think yeah, the whole like cringe is dead, like what you like thing had come around and I didn't uh-huh. really care. Although I did keep when I was in high school I kept all of my interests like secured under lock and key to key. I did not share any of my interests. Uh-huh. Um and I also was never into anime because I thought anime kids were so cringe. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no but I also had the same thing with Tracy where I did think people who like anime were cringe initially and then I watched like I was a like little kid on the TV and then in Malaysia, they had like a dedicated anime-only channel. Um, and then my viewpoints quickly changed because I fell in love with a she random... became a cringe kid. I became the cringe, cringe kid. I, I I fell in love with a white hair male character in an anime. Oh <laughs> and then the rest was history. Do you care to name this character, Alicia? It's Seshimaru from Inuyasha. Inuyasha? Oh my god, that's ancient. It is. It is ancient. It's like the first ever anime that I like fully watched, like the entire thing. And I was, I was big, big fan, big fan. But, but yeah. Um. And then yeah, I became the cringe kid. But then I think again, I was surrounded with friends who were especially very into anime. K-pop, not as much. It was like 
people were starting to get into it, but like it wasn't that big. Um, so nobody had fully material, I guess, because it's not that it was not in the radar. But anime, I already was friends with people who were very into anime. So it's like the moment I became said cringe kid, they were like, aha, welcome to hell. Oh, to bring it back to this article, I, I just read a paragraph that shook me to the core because I feel like it speaks to my personal experience as well. It says in middle school, she got into emo and alternative bands, 21 Pilots, Panic at the Disco and Fallout Boy. She'd watch hours of creators Dan and Phil on YouTube. When she saw them live in 2016, she and a group of friends were matching much. Okay, so I was a Dan and Phil kid in high school and Dan and Phil were like, massively into like for that boy and muse and my chemical romance so i feel like a whole generation of kids who didn't necessarily grow up during um the heyday of those bands grew up loving them because they loved dan and phil so it's like oh my god this very specific microcosm of like people who i guess were on the internet between like 2013 to 2016 like that just encapsulates it so well oh my god. yeah i was one of those fans that like followed dan and phil religiously um in middle school do i want to admit that yeah that's crazy anyway <laughs> <laughs> not this equalization but yeah i guess it's kind of cool that like uh i guess this just shows how like asian intelligence has just proliferated into the mainstream i feel like um you know they do sort of treat it as like a bit weird like oh she's into all this korean stuff and all this japanese stuff but it is quite normal to like this stuff now whereas i think maybe when i was in high school it was like a weird niche thing that only asian kids were into um so it's kind of cool. Like, it's just kind of proof that we are infiltrating the pop culture conscious yeah. conscience. We, I use that very loosely, like the, the Koreans over. and the Japanese people. Yeah, East Asians are taking over. Yeah, so it's not like us. It's like people who we relate to slightly more. If you have any thoughts about um, this Wednesday Netflix series, um, yeah, feel free to message us about it on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Welcome aboard to the Asian Pop Nation train right here on Sin, where we were just playing three incredible tracks on our show just now. Firstly, we played the song titled Touch Feelings, which comes from the Malaysian artists Lost Spaces and Jai. And then moving along from that, we then played the song titled, and now this is going to be a very rough translation. And it means waiting for you to come back. And this song comes from the Taiwanese female artist Shuang. And then moving on from that, we then played the song titled All Day, which comes from the Korean male artist RM, who you may already know to be one of the members from BTS. And this song is done with him as well as Tablo. And this song in particular comes from RM's first solo album, actually titled Indigo. Now we're going to be talking about something which is actually quite common in China, which involves midday napping while in your workplace. And while this may seem like a bit of a foreign concept, especially if you live here in Melbourne, but we here at APN are about to give you all the details when it comes to this very interesting workplace activity. So let's cut to our team right now. Hello listeners, I imagine that a lot of you are big fans of sleep. Sleep is actually a pretty important thing to have. It's good to try and get some sleep. I've just recently seen this article concerning sleep, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, this article is about a couple of PR statements 
that a Chinese company gave out, which caused uproar and outrage in the Chinese medicine community. So basically, the story goes: a Chinese company tried to prevent their employees from sleeping at their desks during lunch, basically citing issues and concerns about them sleeping in like. Bad positions that would cause them strain and pain later on, and they were like, "Oh yes, for your health, probably better not to sleep." But Chinese medicines, a canny bunch of fellows, saw right through this and were like, "Wow, no, you're just trying to make us do more work." And so there was a big uproar because this is China, obviously, and there are a lot of people in China. The hashtag related to this incident has more than 130 million views. On Weibo at the time of writing, so obviously this is a very communal issue. I feel like the people feel very strongly about this as a whole. Around seventy percent of Chinese people take naps. It's a practice that they sort of instill in you at school. Usually lunchtime will be like like three hours, and you sort of go home and sleep, and then go back to school. And this continues right up until you go to work. Where instead of actually going home and sleeping, people usually just like bring blankets, pillows, head pillows to work, and then nap in the office around midday. Everyone will stop their meetings and everything will fall silent as people just sleep. This might be quite an alien concept to a lot of people. I remember actually doing this in China. I think I went to kindergarten for a few weeks, and we would just be told to sleep at our desks, like. Put your head on your desk and fall asleep, and I would、oh. never be able to fall asleep because I wasn't used to taking naps. But the kids around me would just fall asleep like that. Oh, I think I remember doing that once in Singapore as well. I went to kindergarten there, and、um, no, we weren't told to sleep at our desks, but we were told to basically just you know take a nap, you know, get a beanbag, you know, lie down, sleep. I never、mm-hmm. sleep. I just pretend to sleep. It's also the same for me in like kindy, just taking like a nap in the afternoon. But I feel like that's just more common with like kindergarten because it, it's like still common in that age to be zizzing off in the middle of the day or whatever. But these ones are at like a workplace. Like this is just zizzes taking a zizz in the, like on the desk at your workplace, which I will admit, yeah, this is my first time being exposed to this, and it is a bit. Peculiar, <laughs> out of out of out of my knowledge. But I I wanted to ask if it's like I guess in a typical like office job, do they have like the same like nine to five working hours? I know like that in China, like, yeah, in China, in China yeah. they tend to. I think they work like nine a.m. to nine p.m. But they have a long midday ish period just to nap in.、Mm-hmm. So I feel like they still work like eight hours a day or longer, but they have that nap, so it makes it. I guess a bit more bearable, often because they're sleep deprived, so they need that to like actually keep up their energy. This specific concept of taking a nap at work seems so weird to Australians, I guess, because sleeping feels like quite an intimate thing that you only do at home. What if people take pictures of me? What if people like scribble on my face? What if I slobber all over my pillow? And at work, you want to present like a, a pristine version of you at all times. So maybe that's why it feels so weird. I mean, it's not a bad idea. I think it would be fine if it's just in the lunch and then you just wake up after like I don't know an hour, half an hour, and just get back to work. But if there's like you're very strict with it, like oh I'm gonna fire you if you wake disturb my sleep, like that is too much. What you said,、uh, Lishba, reminded me of something. Sleep is so sacred in like Chinese offices that actually a, a guy in Guangzhou was fired for playing really loud music while people were trying to take naps. So that's how seriously they take their sleep. Anyone who threatens their sleep could lose their job. It's like a right, you know how like Americans need their guns. I guess Chinese people 
especially it's like southern chinese who they need their sleep they need their naps dude honestly good on them good on them how long you live is proportional to how much you sleep i think there's this manga artist i really respect his name was uh shigeru mizuki i think he passed away i think a few years ago but he's famous not only for being like a really good manga artist but he's also famous for being like a funny old lazy guy um like he went through a lot in his life like he fought in the war he's got he got his arm blown off by a grenade like his drawing arm and when he got back from the war he's like you know i'm gonna draw with my other hand <laughs> so he's pretty sick but um he made this little comic about himself and two other really big manga artists one of them was tezuka he's the guy that did astro boy and he's pretty much the godfather of manga and the other guy i forgot his name but he made common writer so these like two really big names and it was a conversation between the three of them and so tezuka and the other guy were like oh man you know we've been working so hard we pulled like three all-nighters in a row like oh we're just so busy and then mizuki the old man he's like you know no matter how busy i get i get 10 hours of sleep no matter what that's what you do and then they're like oh why would you do that he's like you know sleep is the key to everything your happiness how long you live you need it right and he's like oh cool and in the end it's like ha, yeah they all died early <laughs> oh because he died shigeru mizuki died at about 93 but tezuka and the other guy they died at like 60 because they overworked themselves so hard that like their bodies they just broke down so um be like mizuki man sleep a lot <laughs> this is a psa from asian pop nation <laughs> sleep sleep, sleep. Guys, am I gonna die early? (laughs) You still have time to repent, Leisha. That's true. Nerve wracking information to the sleep gods. (laughs) Starting from today, sleep. You need to practice good sleep hygiene. Put your phone away, don't look at it for half an hour. Maybe try like just sitting in the dark, sitting up with your eyes closed. Read a book on paper, read a paper book. Something that doesn't have blue light emanating yeah, from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a good note to leave it on, guys. Uh, sleep. Sleep is important. Good stuff, sleep. If you have any thoughts about sleep, you can contact us at Asian Pop Nation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Sleep well, guys, but like not until the show is ended. Thank you very much. Greetings to everyone who is listening to us right now here on Asia Pop Nation, whether live on air or on our podcast. It's Leisha here, the executive producer of APN, who is here to fill all in on all of these songs that you heard just now. We firstly played the song titled Yon, which comes from the Korean male artist Chan. And this song in particular comes from his new album titled Look At Me with two exclamation points at the end. And this album has also been picked as our album of the week here on APN. And that has been particularly picked by our APN team member Tracy. And this just gives you an extra indicator to give that album a listen. Moving on from that though, we then played the song titled Jungle, which comes from the Korean female artist Maji. And lastly from that, we played the song titled Leaf Work, which comes from the Korean male artist Gongonggu009. And I guess speaking about leaving, we've unfortunately reached the end of our show here on Asian Pop Nation. And oh my gosh, the stuff that we've had this week was very 
intense. We've had firstly a B-Day shout out to one of our APN team members, Ethan. Happy belated B-Day once again. But we also talked about quite a handful of song-related topics, I guess you would say. Firstly, we talked about just some songs that we really enjoyed in the month, not the month, in the year 2022. I am really trying to not, like, I'm trying to psych myself out that we're not at like the end. This is not December. None of this is real. But we also did a little bit of concert reviewing in terms of the Conan Gray and Keshi concert that happened last month. We also dived deep into the history of the Korean girl group Luna. Plus also talking about a show that inherently doesn't have much to do with Asia Pop Nation, but that's our secret. We also talked about the Netflix series Wednesday. We also talked about midday napping while in your workplace and just so much more here on Asian Pop Nation. And of course, thank you so much for joining myself, Leisha, and our APN team tonight of Lee, Tracy, Ethan, Aaron, JP, Alishba, and our new team member, Jesse, and just always being down to hear us talk about all these very chaotic topics here on Asian Pop Nation. And before we wrap up our show for the night, we're of course going to be playing a couple more songs for you guys. So right now, we're going to be playing the song titled Sashiro, which comes from the Japanese male artist Bailey Stocks. And this actually comes from his new LP titled The Quicksand. And as described about our team member Tracy, this will give you a very like soft, sleepy, vintage-esque vibes. So definitely a perfect song to wrap up our show for the night. Remember, you can always tune into Asia Pop Nation every Tuesday from 8pm onwards right here on Sin. And for bonus content, you can always follow us at Asian Pop Nation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And listen to our Asian Foundation podcast available anywhere you stream your podcast. I can't believe we are almost at the end of APN 2022. But oh my gosh. Good night, everyone. 